A very warm welcome to this World Game Changers podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards creating a better life and world. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational insights and motivational messages out into the world so others may benefit. Hello, listeners, and welcome to this World Game Changers podcast episode where today I'm joined by a lady that's based in St. Louis in the United States of America, Missouri, to be more precise, originally from Mexico, a lady by the name of Rubria Mendoza. Rubria, a very, very warm welcome to you. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for having me in, in this, uh, uh, giving me this space. I don't know why, Rubria, but when I said a very warm welcome to you, I wanted to say a very warm welcome to you, Mom. But I think as a Brit, that wouldn't have been quite right, because that's very much an Americanism, isn't it? The the Mom. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that came to me. But anyway, we move on, listeners. We move on. So what we thought we'd talk about, Rubria and I, is a very intriguing title, which at first might sound a bit... Mm, that's a bit uh, sharp, isn't it? And that title is, I want my kids to fail. Now, quite controversial, Rubria, because who in the right mind would want their kids to fail? And more importantly, why? <laughs> it is, um, it, it sounds, it sounds um, a little bit disturbing, right? Um and I'm gonna, you know, try to uh, to share with you why I come up with this, and I've been trying to succeed in doing it. <laughs> um, I'm gonna start, Paul, um, you know, with a little bit of, uh, you know, few years, you know, back when I entered this um, uh, wonderful uh, path of motherhood, um, I found myself in a position, um, wonderful one, right? Being a new mom um, with a support family, uh, friends. I was in, we were living in a different uh, state at the time. We were uh, alone basically. And that those circumstances, um, you know, made me realize a lot of things. And the one of the most challenging areas that I found, and I kept, you know, finding from time to time, more than I would want, to be honest, <laughs> is um, the pressure that mom in general, have to face day uh, every day. Um, when I, you know, as a new mom, two of my best friends, we have a kid with an a one year difference in between us, and it was a great. It has been a great journey for the three of us to share the you know, like being new mom and share how our kids are growing. But at the same time, I realized 
how hard we were on ourselves trying to to be uh, a good mom not according to what we probably planned at some point or thought about it at some point but trying to be a good mom for others not even for her kids um we uh, you know i found that we had that in common and i started to to challenge a little bit that idea i have a um i grew up or i was raised just by my mom um and i had a you know great example in her that she, you know, did all that she, it was on her hands to provide for us, three of my brothers and, and myself, so four kids. And not follow the um, standards, right? She will just focus on what she wanted us to be, and then she will do it. So I started to reflect on that when I started the journey of motherhood and what I wanted to, to do. Um, the first challenge, as I mentioned, was to realize, right? Oh, well, I, I am happy being a mom, but I am not happy with what I'm doing because I am trying to make everybody happy and I'm losing the side of what I want for um, uh, for my kids. Um, and not just saying that, that I want, you know, them to become X or Y. They, um, you know, I really hope that they can find, you know, happiness in whatever they want to be when they grow up and I'll be happy to support. But in order for me to, to be able to do that, you know, I realized, okay, first thing first, right? So I had to um, be strong <laughs> and, and set some rules for myself first. And I was failing at the beginning, like, okay, I'm not making people happy with this or, or what's going on and maybe I should go back to the old things and all that but then I uh, you know I, the kids were growing we have a second um, kid with a, a, a challenging um, situation when she was born that it gave me more uh, more strength to be focused on what you know I was trying to accomplish that they that I have to bend some rules if I can put it that way for the people outside our family in order for them to be happy and um, my husband and I agreed that we, um, and this was a conversation even before we had the, the kids, but then we, you know, came into the parenthood and then we got busy into, you know, between 
diapers and feeding and playing that <laughs> many of those things just, you know, are gone. So then we, we talk about it and then we say, okay, that plan that we, that discussion that we had, you know, years ago that we want our kids to be able to fail, allow them to fail and, and be there for them. That's what we need to focus on. And we started, you know, like more, um, it's, it's been hard. I'm not gonna lie and say, yeah, well, we're doing it. It's been very hard because who wants, right? To, um, as you mentioned, to, to have their kids fail. But um, let me um, explain explain a little bit so what is this crazy plan of failing <laughs> um we um truly believe that by allowing our kids to make mistakes we and providing them tools right not just let them um, fail and be on their own but providing them um, the support they need, that is going to, um, to result in problem solvers and hopefully, you know, um, better, better as, um, as they grow up, you know, better at handling um, uh, errors better handling difficult situations in their life, um, even at school, right? We don't expect, no, let me rephrase that. We don't want them to, to be the perfect uh, ace at school because we think that with that, um, you know, knowing our kids, I cannot speak for any kid out there and any parent, right? But for our kids, that has been um, a key in their, uh, for, in their education, in their formation right now to experience, yeah, you didn't get it, but you still can try. And what steps are you gonna take? Um, I had a, um, my mom was a teacher, an elementary teacher, and she was uh, tough, probably, um, she was tougher probably with my brothers than with me, but I realize now that, you know, she pushes to, to learn, to study hard, and and I found myself um, right now, you know, at my old, uh, at my current age, I found myself um, not, uh, uh, not, I don't know how to deal um, in certain circumstances when failure comes. I've been learning, yes, but it's, it's been hard. And I 
I, with my own experience, right? I want my kids to be able to, to fail, to be able to, um, to make mistakes and most important for them to know that no matter what, that we are still here for them. We are gonna support them with tools, with uh, what is necessary for them to succeed and to overcome those failures. So what, what I'm hearing here, Rubria, really, I mean, we've deliberately, we chose that word fail, didn't we? Because we knew it's quite a controversial word as we've already identified. And we knew that, that had, you know, in most people had spark a reaction. And listeners, you know, that was by design. But what Rubria is saying, if I'm hearing correctly, is forget the word, forget the word fail. Mm -hmm. Because really, what we're, there's no such thing as fail. There is an experience, and isn't life full of experiences? And we give those experiences a meaning, which we might label as good or bad or, or whatever we, we judge it to be. And we don't fail. We have an experience, and we take the learning from it one way or the other. And if we don't take the learning from it, then we keep going round and round and round until we do and we stop doing that thing or we keep doing that thing if it makes us happy. Did, I mean, is that a fair way to summarise things, Rubria? Yes. yes, exactly. Yeah, it's, um, you know, as you mentioned, we choose the, um, you know, we're um, failing, but it's really a, a step, right, uh, to discover our, potential to use everything that we have uh, not just you know outside but uh, what we have as a person right our strength and to you know put it to good use and succeed yeah absolutely and you know and I think the other thing that within that giving that space to our children and people in life so this is not just about our kids I mean you know, yes, obviously, the title suggests we're talking about our kids. And in the main, we are. Um, but the principle surely applies to people that we're close to, you know, whether they are partners, whether they are siblings, whether they are friends, colleagues, whatever, that really we hold that space. Um, we hold that space to say, look, I'm here for you. And you may or may not do it the way I would like or I would prefer or I think is right. But either way, it doesn't really matter because it's your life and it's your experience. And really, all you need to know is I'm here for you. I'm going to hold that space. And, you know, if what you think is, you know, as one of our children, you fail, that's OK, because I'm here for you. And I'm, I'm like a safety net. I use this example, Rubria, in my own life, um, you know, with my own kids when they was young. And I used to say to them, Dad, where, when they used to say, Dad, where you been? Uh, yeah, I hadn't seen you. I might have been at work or, you know, away on business or whatever. Oh, you weren't there. And I used to say to them, I was always there and I always will be there. I'm like a safety net. You might not see me. But that safety net is always there, ready to catch you, even if you can't see it. 
And that's kind of what we're talking about here, Rubria, isn't it? That, you know, we are that safety net for our kids, but we give them that space so that they can, they can graze their knees and they can fall off the bike as long as it's not life-threatening. You know, we can, they, can, you know, they can grow up with that, you know, that understanding of what pain is, because I think there's so much around, oh, you know, we, we want to go through life and the less pain, the better. And I don't know about you, Rebecca, but I totally disagree with that because I think pain can be a great lever for helping us mm-hmm. to grow. Not suffering, that's got no part at all in our lives, but pain within small doses here and there is a great way to say, hmm, maybe you need to do things a little bit differently. Yes, I totally agree. Um, I think, you know, we need a little bit of, uh, of everything and um, with little pain, you know, here and there, I think it, it makes us, you know, come back to ground and say, okay, <laughs> let me, you know, refocus. Mm-hmm. I, I need to refocus my priorities, what am I doing and what, um, what I can do, right, to, to get out of this situation or at least um, make it a little better. And, and I think um, from, you know, in, in this case, right, as a mom, if uh, hopefully, you know, we can continue on the path of, you know, showing the kids, you know, this, I mean, you're gonna find numerous obstacles in life, right? But that's not the, they cannot be focused on that, on which one I'm going to encounter next. You know, and that, um, that should be the, not a question, right? The, the question really should be like, okay, with all that I have, how can I use it? Where? How can I put it to, um, to the use, to the, you know, to show empathy with other people, with my friends? with family, with uh, people we don't know, but we, we know, um, you know, there might be a need. Um, and I think that um, it, it can be, you know, pain not just in our, you know, personal life or direct life, but also be aware of the situations that are out there and how we can put our, um, ourselves really, you know, to, uh, to the circle everybody Mm. so fail it's a four-letter word beginning with f i want to switch over listening to you speak there rubri and i don't know where this comes from but i'm going to bring it out anyway because it's well it's landed so listeners that makes it appropriate surely to another four-letter word beginning with f fear talk Mm -hmm. a little bit around fear what part does that play in our lives, what part do you think that plays in our kids' lives, Rubia? Because I've heard it said time and time and time again that the younger the kids are, the more fearless they are. They don't know fear; they learn fear as they grow older. As a mother, would you agree with that? I do, and um, you know, and until you know, as not as an entirety. Because I think it's related to, you know, the support they find at home uh, or, you know, the um, area they live. Uh, 
um, it is related, right? So there, there are kids, you know, one of mine, I mean, not to go that far. I mean, she's just fearless. She just go for it, whatever it is, right? Um, but I, I see that, you know, different in other kids and relate, you know, related to the support they have with the people that are closer to them. If they are, you know, just for, you know, let's say they broke something, you know, by accident in the kitchen um, and all they hear is the scream, right? You know, they get yelled at or punished. Of course, they, I mean, fear is gonna be a constant in their lives. All that fearless um, aspect as a kid is gonna be gone because now their first question is gonna be, what if I do something wrong? What, what am I gonna be yelled at this time? Um, the same scenario, right, with a, a family that has like, well, you know, what happened? You know, it changed the perspective of the kids. Instead of hearing, well, you did it again, or look what you did, and all the yelling and all that. And I mean, I'm sure that the kid will, I would even, you know, block myself to hear after the first um, uh, sentence, right? Because all they could hear is yelling and something went really bad, even if it was an accident. It's different when they, um, you know, they hear, well, what happened? And then go from there, right? Well, it was an accident. It was intentional. Well, even if it was intentional, I think that the, the way to approach makes a difference. And that is, uh, it's going to, uh, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on the circumstance of each uh, person, right? But, um. Unfortunately, or fortunately, that is going to, to, to go with you, I mean, to be with you all your life. You're going to end up being an adult, working and looking at, uh, at your boss with fear. Did I did something wrong? Oh, maybe look at me because like this, because maybe I did something wrong. Trying to, to get all that um, confirmation all the time. Right, different scenario, right? With uh, the other uh, kid, when grows up, goes to the office, and he feels confident, he's doing it right. And if he makes a mistake, well, he will have a chance to to rectify. So um, that is that's why um, I you know think it's so important to start you know with our the new generations that we, you know, are around, either kids, nephews, um, you know, um, to start, you know, showing that there is good, this is a good place, right? That they can feel supported, that they are not going to be judged, that they can make a difference because they are going to become the, um, the, the people, you know, doing podcasts and hopefully, you know, raising their voice in 20, 30 years. Yeah. 
What struck me, Rubria, on the two threads that we spoke around. So the first one we spoke around that word fail. And the antidote to that, if that's even the right word, but the, the you know, the, the safety net, that safety net and, and the answer, there's no such thing as the fail, as we've said, it's about the experience, but wrapped up in love, isn't it? And allowing the, the child or, you know, let's say our inner child, let's say our inner child, shall we? And then, then that brings in people rather than just children per se. Because I think, isn't it true, Rubria, that we as adults, seniors, elders, call it what you will, we kind of forget, you know, we spend so much time looking after our younger children, you know, our biological children, if you will, that we actually forget one of the most important children in our lives, and that's our own inner child, us. And we ignore that. I mean, I've certainly, you know, maybe I shouldn't say we. Maybe I should say I, because I certainly have ignored mine for many, many, many years. And that's important, isn't it, to get back in touch with that inner child and to say, do you know what? It's OK. The outside world is going to judge you and said you failed. You haven't failed. You've learned more. And that if yeah. you come from a place of self-love and that word love, Rubria, it kind of goes through the heart of everything, because then the antidote to the second F that we've just spoke about, fear, well, the antidote is definitely love, isn't it? So isn't it interesting that when we talk about things that invariably, time and time and time again, we always end up at another four-letter word, this time, not beginning with F, but beginning with L, and that word is love. Any thoughts around any of that, Rubria? Uh, no, I agree. I mean, the well, the only um, other word that I could, you know, at, um, kind of link is empathy. Um, as a parents, you know, we, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of this, uh, you know, um, we parents are very hard on ourselves trying to impress everybody, trying to follow, you know, standards out there, whether they feed or fit not our, our own families. Um, and it's a lot of pressure that we, at the end of the day, we pass it on, on our kids. And that's the same for, you know, teachers. And that's the same for um, uncles. It's the same for everybody who is around, you know, counselors or whoever is around kids. Um, and I, you know, from just as a mom, uh, I see myself, you know, forgetting that I was there. You know, I was that kid one day and probably feeling uh, afraid of even us. And, or, or maybe the other side too, right? So I, I keep reminding me, reminding myself constantly that I was like one of them, you know. Um, and what they ma it matters to them is uh, it might not be as big of a thing as an adult, but we have to be, you know, to show empathy to the kids 
to be able to provide that safe environment, to provide, you know, that um, safety blanket, as you mentioned, right? So they can um, see us as, okay, I can come to, to, to my parents or to, you know, person they choose, right? And even as an adult, I can come and ask, I can come and doesn't matter if it's something, you know, foreign or not. And I, I'm still going to be, you know, loved. Yeah, absolutely. I want to start to draw to a close, Rubria, by, I want to bring this, this child angle back in again by the, um, focusing on the inner child. And it reinforced it when you said there, you've said it two or three times throughout the, uh, the podcast here around how hard you've been on yourself. And for me, listeners, and this is just my own perspective, but that nurturing ourselves, because the more we can nurture ourselves, surely that gives us that love, that power, that empathy that you've alluded to there, Rubria, so we can be better parents, we can be better friends, uh, partners, you know, whatever the capacity or dynamic in, in our life. Uh, and I want to share, so this is a, a first, Ruby. I've never shared this before on a podcast ever. And so this, and we've gone past 400 episodes here. So this is a first, and this has just come to me. I want to share with you the name of my inner child, and I've never shared this with anyone before. So are you ready for this? Yeah, I'm flying. <laughs> okay. My inner child, I call him. Polly Pops. My, my young Pop. my inner child is called Polly Pops. That little boy that sometimes gets frightened, mm -hmm. fearful, feels he's been neglected, and in an, in a former life felt like he'd been totally abandoned. By giving him that name and that identity, it's got an air of fun around it, it's got a bit of lightness around it. It comes from a pace of love. And what that does for me, Rubria, is it gives me that reassurance that, okay, listen, I might, what the outside world might label as, fail, but not really. I've just had an experience that I've learned from. And rather than give myself a hard time, I'm kind of dancing along with myself. Because Paulie Pops, he ain't going to be, he's not going to be bullied by fear. And he doesn't really understand or want to understand the, the meaning of the word fail. So maybe, Rubri, just picking up what you said there on, you know, and I'm sure, listeners, most parents at some time or other have given what Rubri has said themselves a hard time. Maybe, just maybe, a way around that is give yourself a little name. Give your inner child a little name and play with that child and, you know, and dance and do, I don't know, zany things and I don't know, dancing the rain and jump up and down in puddles and whatever it is that the things that are, oh, you need to grow up. You shouldn't be doing things like that at your age. Yeah, absolutely. You should. Any thoughts on that, Rubria, as we come towards a close? Um, well, you made me, uh, you put a smile on me. <laughs> okay. and thank you for sharing um, this. Uh, it, it really made me... Um, picture my inner uh, child and say hey we can do this together don't don't give up <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah 
Absolutely. I want to ask you one final question, Rubia, to, you know, to literally finally bring things to a close. But before I do that, I just want to invite you in to share any contact details, any website you might have or social media, Facebook, whatever you, you know, if people want to reach out to you and get in contact with you, that kind of thing. Um, anything at all that you'd like to share in that respect? Just uh, um, my Facebook account. Uh, Rubria that Mendoza. I don't post, you know, that many things, but I like to, you know, post things that probably can, you know, either be informative or um, cheer up, you know. So yeah, they can contact me there, and you know, I check, uh, you know, every day, <laughs> okay. at least once a day. <laughs> Brilliant. So they'll be in the show notes, listeners, as ever. So the big question then, Rubria, the big question, massive drum roll here. So I want you to imagine a parent, another parent comes to you and says, Rubria, I listened to that podcast and you called it, I want my kids to fail. But, you know, listen, I don't want my kids to fail. What would you say to them, Rubria? What would you say to that parent that said that to you? I would uh, say to them the same thing I said to myself when I embarked in this. <laughs> I will say, um, you know, give yourself, you know, the opportunity to do so. Because by allowing their kids to fail, I can assure them they are going to find out a kid that they don't even, you know, know they're capable of, you know, doing certain things. Um, I was, you know, trying to, once I went to trying to, you know, go on this, whatever the standards they were out there and to know um, raising a <laughs> perfect kid, right? <laughs> In my dreams, of course. Um, and I realized I was not allowing them to be themselves. I was not giving them, I was overprotecting them. I was not allowing them to, to grow, to be kids, to prepare them for, uh, for when they are adults and I am not going to be here. So I will say to them, give yourself, you know, the opportunity to know what your kid is capable of and you're not going to regret it. Beautiful. They will, yeah. Thank you, Rubria. Thank you so much. So there we have it, listeners. Um, this is Rubria and, dare I say, Pop signing off. And all that remains now is for me to numerously, I think, this time say, remember, the world's changing. How will you respond? Thanks very much for listening to this World Game Changers podcast episode. Hopefully you found it interesting and helpful. Drop a line to paul at worldgamechangers.org with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember... 
the world is changing. How will you respond 